Girlfriends, episode number 104, four ways to improve your marriage right now. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. In today's show, we're talking about simple, not easy, simple ways to improve your marriage starting right now. It's time to get started. Let's go. Hey, girlfriends, welcome to another episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. I'm so happy you're here with me. I'm always thrilled when we can have this time together once a week. I'm actually recording this on Tuesday morning. Uh, I was going to record yesterday morning, Monday morning. I usually do it early in the morning, um, get it out of the way because experience has taught me I don't get to it if I put it off in the day. But since this week's topic is about marriage, I couldn't bring myself to do it yesterday because... Dan and I got in a stupid, stupid, stupid fight <laughs> late, late Sunday night. And Monday morning, I was dragging and feeling like, who the heck am I to talk to anybody about marriage? So I didn't do it. <laughs> so how's that for honesty for you? Um, we're fine. We we, we made up yesterday. Uh, but I just still was feeling just down about it. And you know what, that just underscored all the more for me the importance of talking about this topic, because I would say, Dan and I have a great marriage, and we still struggle. And I know many couples who have great marriages, and they're great people. They're awesome people, possibly saints, you know, and they still struggle, because it is hard, because it is a trial, because, it, you know, your vocation is a cross. And sometimes, you know, you're just going to rub up against each other in the wrong ways. In this particular incident, um, I really do think, and I'm not just trying to put on some false humility here, I really do think it was mostly my fault. In the moment, I would have said it was 100% his fault. Um, but what I realized afterwards and talking to him about it and um, hearing his perspective and kind of examining myself and my own thoughts and perspective, I was really defensive and I realized that I've fallen into a habit of being that way, not just in my marriage, but in other relationships as well. And I'm not sure um, where that's coming from, but I do know that it's a destructive thing. Because if you're going into conversations, just everyday interactions with people in a defensive way, guess what? You're going to feel like everybody's attacking you. <laughs> you're going to feel like everybody's out to get you. Everybody's putting you down. You're the victim and everybody else is a big fat jerk. So... Um, I, I don't know how helpful that is, but I thought I would share it because I think it's important to um, think about how we're approaching our relationships. And, you know, like I said, in the moment, 100%, Dan was being a jerk. You know, that's what I would have told you. But uh, upon further reflection and actually listening to his perspective afterwards, I thought, okay, I I took that wrong. And I don't know exactly why, but I did. And so, you know, I, I think it's important after the fact when you're kind of removed from the emotions of the situation itself uh, to to be honest with yourself and with your spouse when you're kind of going through these things about different perspectives and about what you've brought, what baggage you're bringing and how that's coloring, how you are experiencing that interaction with this person that you love. So anyway, um, we are talking about improving marriage. 
Also, uh, I just want to share with you some of the goings on around here. We're in the middle of an ice storm right now. I'm not in my car. I'm squirreled away upstairs. Um, school was canceled today. Uh, but Dan is working and I'm working because I'm working from home. But uh, yeah, bad ice storm going on outside. We've been experiencing some cabin fever <laughs> recently. This past week, we I think I shared with you that my oldest daughter had a stomach virus at the start of last week. Well, it's been through almost everybody now, except for two of us, even one of us who is no longer even living here. My, my son who went back to school, got sick the day he went back to school, and we know it was from us. Um, so we've been experiencing that and watching more TV than usual. And one thing that we've been kind of binging on, and I didn't start this, Dan did, he loves the show, watching Fixer Upper. Who doesn't love Chip and Joanna Gaines? You know, what? one thing I love about that couple is how how they interact with each other. They're just such a fun, fun-loving and loving couple. I think that's so refreshing to see a couple on TV where it isn't like, you know, the guy, yeah, Chip is a goofy guy and whatever, but he, he enjoys that. He does that on purpose, but he isn't the butt of all the jokes. You know, do you know what I'm talking about? I, I just feel this sense of respect and genuine love that Joanna has for her husband. And I love that. So even more so than the home improvement projects, I appreciate their relationship on the show. And I think that's why they've been so popular. They're just extremely likable people, also really talented. So anyway, we've been binge watching those. And the other day, uh, after we had sat for a while one evening watching them, um, I got up and was going into the other room to do something. And Dan was like, what are you doing? And I said, well, I guess I'm just going to walk around and be dissatisfied with my house, <laughs> which is terrible. Sometimes those shows are inspiring, but sometimes they're discouraging. It's kind of like walking through home goods. I think I've shared this with you before, how I, I feel perfectly happy with my home and my life until I see something different, something shiny and new. And I start these fantasies in my head about what it should look like. And all of a sudden, I only see the flaws in my own living situation. So sometimes it's not healthy to binge on those things. But one positive way that I've kind of outlet that energy is um, doing a little bit of painting in the house. Um, I was inspired because I told you last week I was going to be decluttering certain areas, moving things around. Well, there was one particular cabinet. It's like a full, you know, full length floor to ceiling corner cabinet that we've had for like 20 plus years. And I was moving it because I had moved it out of the dining room to make space for holiday sorts of things going on. And I was putting it back in its place. And I realized, you know, what? this thing has no I mean, it, it had like a polyurethane on it or whatever, but it was just the wood tone. Let me tell you, we have shiplap pine on many of the walls in our house. And we have, you know, old barn beams in the ceilings and um, <laughs> support beams in our house. We have plenty of wood. We have plenty of wood tone. We don't need this. Um, also wood flooring, like we have wood. So I thought, okay, I'm going to paint this. And so I got inspired to paint it. And uh, I like to... Um, when I, when I paint wood, which uh, I heard from some people on Twitter when I shared this, that some people just don't, out of principle, will not paint wood because wood is beautiful, you know, and it is. Uh, but I love the look of painted wood. I love that kind of country vintage look. And I love to uh, distress it. <laughs> also, <laughs> apparently a controversial thing. Uh, I love to paint a, a, a piece of furniture perfectly and then rough it up with some sandpaper. But I tried this new technique on this cabinet and I'm really kind of excited about it. And it, it was a lot of fun. Um, using crackle paint, which I don't know if any of you have done this before, but you can put a coat of paint on wood, then put a coat of this crackle glaze, let it sit for a little bit 
um, and then put a top coat on. And what it does is it it crackles the paint to kind of weather it and make it look old. And the bottom coat shows through. So you use two different colors. So I did like a bottom coat of black paint, put on the crackle and put on a top coat of green, which matches, you know, we, we have it inside, um, you know, on uh, some of the wainscoting and whatever in our house. So it, it really had a cool effect and I was really excited about it. So then I went on and um, stopped at an antique store the other day and picked up this like little chest of drawers and refinished that in the same way. So now I have that to go with the cabinet that I keep some of the kids' school stuff in. Anyway, that's been a fun little side project for me. Um, we talked about beating the after holiday blahs by doing something creative, bringing some color in your house. So I thought I was taking my own advice, which was great. Um, one of the other things I wanted to mention that uh, we enjoyed in our more than usual TV binging is the Godfather series. Have you seen the Godfather? <laughs> I feel so stupid. Like I'm so far behind the times. Everybody knows the Godfather is like this masterful trilogy of movies or whatever and I never saw a single one of them I I mean you know I saw little pieces of scenes here and there on tv or whatever over the years but I'd never watched one and I guess I thought that it was gory or really vulgar or something you know I knew it was about bad people doing bad things and so that didn't hold much appeal for me but oh my gosh I love these movies and I was really, uh, you know, they're three hours each. <laughs> and so we we would spend, it was just Dan and I who watched them together after the kids would go to bed. And we, we would spend two nights watching a movie, then take a couple of days break <laughs> and then in between and then watch the next ones. And um, yeah, part three wasn't quite as good as parts one and two, but oh my gosh, those movies were so engrossing. And I cared so much about the characters and the people. I was sharing with a friend uh, that after one of those nights of staying up late watching it, I was like half awake in the morning, um, lying in bed and, uh, you know, barely even aware of my surroundings yet. And Al Pacino's face came to my mind. And I had this thought like, who are these new people in my life? And, and why am I worried about them? Like, <laughs> so funny. And my friend was like, they're family to you now. <laughs> Okay, so anyway, besides becoming a member of the Godfather family, let me know, do you have opinions about the Godfather or Fixer Upper? I'm always interested in people's opinions about these things because like some people love them, some people hate them, some people think they're a complete waste of time. Um, but let me know what you're watching these days because I think it's fun to to share our recommendations, whether it's stuff for Netflix or uh, movie night stuff. Um, we have a lot that we can learn from each other's, you know, picks and pans. So let me know what, what you guys are watching and what you're enjoying these days. You can send me an email email danielle at daniellebean.com. Connect with me on Voxer. Send me a voicemail. You know the drill. Okay, getting down to this week's topic. We're talking about marriage. I've already touched a little bit about it and fessed up about my own bad badness. Um, but I just want to share, um, you know, four easy, not easy. I said not easy right in the intro. Simple. Four simple ways that you can improve your marriage right now. I think sometimes we get this marriage advice and it just seems so lofty. It's so out there. And it's not something you can act on right away. I love practical advice and something you can do starting today. And I think that's so encouraging because you feel like you're making steps in the right direction starting right now. And, um, you know, that's that kind of motivates you to keep moving in the right direction. Um, before I start my four ways, I do want to give one shout out to a new podcast called While You Were Folding by Catherine Boucher. 
talking about marriage, um, I just I, I was thinking of her right now, because I'm thinking of a tip that she shared that she and her husband have been working on. Um, so Catherine is a Facebook friend of mine. And she recently launched this podcast for Catholic women, um, where she's doing some interviews, and she's taking on different topics that are of interest to Catholic women. So you're definitely going to want to check that out. It's called While You Were Folding by Catherine Boucher. Catherine with a C, Boucher, B-O-U-C-H-E-R. Anyway, really enjoyed listening to the first few episodes. But one of the things Catherine shared is that she and her husband had kind of fallen into a date night rut. And so, you know, they were always just going out to dinner, coming home and kind of falling asleep in front of the TV, um, which is fine. But <laughs> it's nice to kind of jazz it up a little bit. And what they did was they each wrote down six different like fun, you know, creative kinds of dates that they would love to go on with each other. And then they swapped lists. And for the coming year, they scheduled out those dates. And each person is responsible for planning the other person's date picks, which I thought was really a cute idea and really nice. And it made me start to think, what would I plan? What would I want to do if, you know, um, you know, within reasonable budget or time or whatever, what what would be fun and creative and different? And um, I, I thought that was nice because it's really planning ahead and, and marking out your calendar. Um, you know, at least once a month, you're going to do this with your spouse in, in the coming year. And I thought that was really creative and a, a good idea and something I might want to do with Dan so that we're actually planning stuff ahead. Because I find the thing with date nights is you know, you you can fall into that rut of just like, what are we going to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? And, um, but more often than not, it ends up like just being a last minute decision. Uh, we all of a sudden, Dan and I will realize, oh, we're, we're both free and the kids don't need any rides tonight or whatever. Do you want to go out? And then we're just kind of just scrambling at the last minute to, you know, find a place we want to go or have somebody go out with us or whatever it is. Um, and so this way kind of just very deliberately makes you plan ahead and plan around it. So you have plenty of time to get all those details in place. So great idea, Catherine, and check out that podcast while you were folding. Do you get it? It's while you were folding the laundry listening to podcasts. <laughs> I think it's super cute. Anyway, all right, on to my list. Um, the first one, and some of these are going to sound like, you know, no brainers, like, duh, I know that, but we need these reminders. So my first one is pay more compliments. Now, we all know this, but we do need that reminder to be verbalizing our appreciation for each other. And some of us are more motivated by verbal praise than others. Know your spouse's love language, but we all do respond positively to words of praise and words of appreciation. Think of a time when somebody said something complimentary to you recently and how it made you feel. Don't you want to give your spouse that gift of that boost? I mean, you are are their number one, you know, companion and their number one supporter in this world. So you more than anybody should be speaking those words of praise. But how often do we fall into that habit, whether it's with our kids or with our spouses, of just always saying the negative thing, only noticing the negative thing, taking all the good stuff for granted, and pretty soon that's all the person hears and they think that's the sum total of what you think of them. Whereas you might think they're, you know, the awesomest thing in the world and they're doing a great job. But if all you're doing is pointing out that one little thing they forgot to do, that's all they're hearing. So spend a little time kind of reviewing your recent interactions with your spouse over the past few days. And how many words have you spoken of praising and um, encouragement to them? Uh, you know, I think especially for um, for for men, it's important to think about how they want to be praised. You know, 
they of course want you to say that they're they're beautiful and sexy and you find them attractive and all of that but much less so than i think women need that kind of affirmation with me anyway and i think this is typical of most males i mean i think that dan really responds when i notice his his good work and appreciate his good work or his great idea um you know i i realized recently that i i almost never say that to him like Hey, great idea. Smart idea. That was a really good thing to do, you know? And um, I think that all the time. I mean, I think he's super smart and he does all these awesome things and comes up with creative um, projects and he's super smart in that way. So I think it's it's important to speak those words to your spouse. Like, remember to say that. Like, oh, here, here's one. You were right. Oh my gosh. Imagine... <laughs> I just know how much those words can mean to somebody like, oh, you were so right about that. Or I'm so glad that I listened to you. You know, thank you so much for, for, um, you know, giving me that advice about this particular problem, because I did this and this and this, and it really worked out great. I really appreciate your perspective, you know, uh, just saying those kinds of things, because they're true. I'm not asking you to say something fake, say something true about what you appreciate about your, your spouse's work, uh, about what they do for you, about your relationship, or, um, you know, noticing what kind of person they are. You know, um, maybe being like, oh, uh, that was really great that you helped our friend move last Saturday. Well, that's good. I mean, it's good to say that. But then how about notice more than that or go beyond that and say, you know, what? I'm really glad I'm married to the kind of person who is generous with his time with his friends. And I'm really proud that you stepped up. I know you would have rather stayed home on Saturday, but you went over and helped our friends move. And that really means so much to me. And I'm, I'm proud of the kind of man that I married. That would just, don't you think? Just he would be on cloud nine for for a good long while after that. This is just relationship building, relationship feeding, nurturing stuff. It's important to speak these words. And you know what I found is sometimes we're we hold back. At least I've gotten into this habit before. Inside of our relationships, we might we might hold back because we we want the we we know the ways in which a person can improve, and we you know, this is my controlling side. We, we think, you know, if I'm just saying they're doing a great job all the time, they're not going to be improving in these ways. But nothing could be further from the truth. Nothing makes you want to continue doing a good job so much as somebody noticing you're doing a good job. And nothing makes you want to please another person more than when they let you know that they're pleased and that they appreciate you. So speak those words say the compliment and and don't hold back either because you feel like you're not getting complimented enough. I think that this is something maybe like, why should I tell him how great he is? He never tells me how great I am. Well, somebody has to start. And you know what naturally comes from that good relationship that results from you complimenting your spouse? He's going to be returning it. He's going to start looking for ways to return that, you know? Um, I think it's important to remember what what human nature is like, because if you're both stuck in this rut, like, we don't say nice things to each other because, you know what, he doesn't say anything nice to me. She doesn't say anything nice to me. Why should I start? Be the generous person who gets that that cycle started in your marriage or restarted if you've gotten in a rut after having been better about it. So anyway, that's number one, pay more compliments. And you can do that right now. You can do that today. Even if you're not with your spouse right now, you can think 
of something you appreciate about them, you can text them right now. Or you can think of what you want to say to the, to them when, when you get together later today, something that you appreciate that you want to recognize about them. And it doesn't have to be something they've accomplished. And um, it just think about what really would be meaningful for, for them, for you to notice and appreciate. All right, number two is do something active together. This is This is simple, right? I mean, it just seems like we're so passive, you know, and talking about date nights, what is it like, you know, the other night when Dan and I had some time together, um, he's like, well, do you want to go to a movie? I'm like, oh my gosh, no, I don't. I don't want to go to a movie. I don't want to just sit there and watch a movie and then get in the car and drive home. Like, <laughs> it just seems so passive and I want to do something. Anyway, we ended up going shopping for some things that we needed, which was practical, but also fun. And, um, so look for something active that you can do together. It doesn't mean you have to go on winter bike rides right now, uh, but if that's your thing or going skiing or, um, you know, whatever you might do that's like sports physically active, great, great ideas to do together. Um, but if that's not something you would ever enjoy, you know, so you're supposed to enjoy this time together. Um, but maybe think of a project. Hey, fixer upper, you guys could paint a cabinet. I will show you how to weather the paint just right. Um, but I mean, there's nothing wrong with watching TV. I mean, as I shared with you, I've watched hours of The Godfather and Fixer Upper in the past week and a half. Um, but, you know, look for common goals. That's what ultimately will bring you closer together is working on a project together and having a common goal. I loved it years ago when Dan and I both did P90X together. Um, it was so fun. Like we talked about it all the time and we encouraged each other and we were like trying different recipes together. And it was just, it was so fun to have that kind of common interest and common goal. Um, I'm not doing P90X again. Let me tell you uh, side note. I loved that program and I loved the discipline that it gave me and I really needed it at that time in my life, which is, gosh, has it been like three plus years now? Anyway, um, but it was just, it was way too much muscle building for my upper body. Like, I looked like a dude. I just like was not... It wasn't the right program for me. And I know some people who've done it, like they've done it like four times over and they love it. And I think that's great. Anyway, um, I do recommend it if you're looking for some discipline in your life and looking to do some more, um, you know, weight training and that kind of fitness. Uh, but I don't recommend it for me. <laughs> not any, not anytime soon anyway. Um, anyway, that was a side note. But yeah, maybe there's a fitness goal that you want to share together with your husband. Maybe it doesn't have to be like, let's sign up for a half marathon, but it could be that. Or it might be like, you know, let's go for a walk together or let's, let's count our steps every day and, you know, kind of have a competition friendly between each other with that or, um, you know, or, or let's, let's try to eat healthier and, you know, pick, you pick three recipes a week and I'll pick three recipes a week for us to try or, you know, whatever. It doesn't even have to be fitness related. It could be, like I said, a home improvement project or taking a class together. I have this dream that Dan and I will one day take a class together. I don't even care what it's about. Um, you know, what maybe uh, you could take an art class together if you enjoy that or, or join a book club together or join a, a class at your parish. Just something that will give you that kind of common interest and common goals. I love it when we have something new in our lives that Dan and I are able to share about in that way. And this just talking about this is inspiring me like I need to find a thing 
Uh, Fixer Upper is great, but <laughs> I need to find a new thing that we can kind of enjoy and explore together because it's so fun to do that. And it naturally brings you together. You're naturally spending pleasant time together. And that idea of having common goals, it doesn't have to be a huge thing. Um, it doesn't even have to be real specific, but um, having that shared common goal really brings you closer together and helps to remind you that you're on the same page and that you enjoy each other's company. All right, number three way to improve your marriage that you can do right now, starting today, soak up the sacraments. Yeah, you can do this. I know. You can go to confession together. Um, I think it's important to remember that in the sacraments, we receive unique graces. We receive specific graces that we need right here, right now, at this point in our lives. So of course, your marriage is a sacrament, right? Um, there are special, unique graces that are attached to that. So start there. That's where you can start right now is offering in your, your prayer time, asking God, ask for those graces, pour those graces out upon us, Lord, those graces that we got through this sacrament of marriage, they're ongoing. They're not just on your wedding day. You do not need them on your wedding day. You need them in the years that follow. So call on him, ask him to give you those graces and, um, you know, really, really focus on the fact that your marriage is a sacrament and that it's a source of grace for you and for your spouse, but not just marriage. I already mentioned confession. You can get yourself to confession. Some of the best dates that Dan and I have ever had, I think I shared this when I was talking with Alicia Hernan a couple episodes ago, um, was going on confession dates, plan a date night that starts with confession or uh, starts with mass. You know, uh, I love that Alicia back in that episode shared that, you know, that counts as couple prayer side by side in the pew at mass. It's the best prayer worshiping um, Jesus in the Eucharist if you get to adoration. But recognize the fact that you are receiving unique graces when you receive the Eucharist. And I am guilty of this sometimes. Does your mind wander? Are you all of a sudden planning dinner or picking at your nails or whatever? Like, pay attention to that unique situation, that unique gift that God has given you inside of that gift of the Eucharist. He's coming to you, uniquely you, and pouring those graces into your heart. Those are healing graces. Those are the things that you need to be a better wife and to be a better husband, to be a better spouse to the person that God has put in your life. And I think we don't often enough pause to reflect on the importance of that, on the importance of the, the real graces that we receive through the sacrament of marriage, through the sacrament of the Eucharist, through the sacrament of confession in particular. Those, those are the workhorses. Those are the things we need for being out in the trenches like we are. That's the armor we need for our everyday battles inside of marriage and family life. So lean on it. Get yourself to adoration. You, you know, you don't always have to be there with your spouse to offer up a, a holy hour for your spouse or for your marriage or to pray for your marriage, um, you know, when you receive the Eucharist. But also just right now, this is what you can do right now. You can call on God and say, I know my marriage is a sacrament and I know there are graces, unique graces that you want to give us inside of that sacrament. Give them to us now. Give us the strength that we need to get through this tough time or give us the, the grace that we need to, to love each other in the way that you want us to right now. Such an important prayer to pray. And I think we don't pause often enough to reflect on the fact that we have this huge gift in the sacraments. They're meant to be our means of attaining salvation. They're given to us because we are a big fat mess, because the church is a big fat fallen mess, right? 
We need it. Jesus gave us the sacraments and the grace inside of the sacraments because we need them. So, so important to reflect on. So soak up those sacraments. That's number three, starting right now. Okay, this last one's going to be familiar. And I'm sorry, but I need to keep hitting you over the head with this. Do more than your share. Okay, do more than your share. First of all, don't be keeping track of how much you've done and your spouse has done. Now, you know what I'm talking about. And I'm not even just talking about housework. But I think it's natural to kind of just fall into this like, oh, his life is so easy. My life is so hard kind of comparison. And you know, sometimes it's true. Life is an unbalanced thing. And you're going to have some hard days where your spouse has had a really easy day, or it's going to be tempting to just sit and compare those things. Um, But it's important to keep in mind, first of all, that we all notice and count much more so those contributions we make as opposed to the contributions others make. We're much more inclined to ignore, not even notice, take for granted the contributions and sacrifices of other people where every little bit that we give counts immensely, right? That's human nature. And so recognize that first, because that number in your head, that tally that's coming up and it's not fair, is inaccurate. It is. Sorry, it is. Um, So, you know, nitpicking and keeping track, especially when it comes to housework. We did a whole episode about splitting housework with your spouse and that whole balance 50-50 thing. Is it fair? And that that kind of um, that kind of tallying that I think is so it's so destructive inside of a married relationship to be keeping score in that way. And yet, it's human nature, we fall into it. And I know I certainly have. And I've counseled friends who've certainly been through this. And some of us have more of a tendency to do this than others. And this need for everything to come out perfectly fair. Um, If that's an issue for you, work on it, recognize that and work on it, because it is a destructive force in your marriage, the constant tallying up. Yeah, if there is a major problem in your marriage with regard to, you know, balance of the workload that you truly think is unfair, then yes, it's fine to talk about it. I'm not saying you just have to, you know, be a a doormat for your spouse and just take it all the time. And you're the one who does everything and they never do anything. I'm not saying that that's ideal. Um, I am saying that you have a skewed perspective and you need to recognize that first and foremost. But um, if you're going to address it, don't, don't, do it in these destructive ways that we tend to when we think it's unfair, right? The the whining, the hinting, the rolling our eyes, the martyr syndrome, all of those things that we do, be a grown up about it and, and talk about it inside of a calm, uh, non-emotional moment, you know? And we all have our pet peeves. If you have something that drives you up a wall, whatever it is, like no one ever changes the toilet paper roll, or I'm the only one who ever empties the dishwasher. Like I've had things like this in my life where I'm like, this is making me feel so miserable and so trampled upon every time I have to do this thing that nobody else does in the house or, um, you know, whatever chore it is then yeah, address it, talk about it or find a way like I know it used to be for me the emptying of the dishwasher, like nobody would empty the dishwasher, they were perfectly content to just use the clean dishes out of the dishwasher, and fill the sink with dirty ones and just leave it uh, until I did it, you know, and I, I solved that by assigning it to a kid at a certain time every day. And that was resolved. And, you know, so there are things that we fall into that are kind of habits and our ways of thinking and interacting with other people, the way that we approach our lives that are really 
unhealthy and destructive. So examine your life, especially in regard to keeping track of chores and keeping track of contributions to the household, this kind of 50-50 thing. Where do you have bad habits of thought or bad habits of interaction? Where do you let resentment build up and address that. It doesn't have to mean that you address it by hitting your spouse over the head with it like, you never do this thing. Um, Find another way. Get the stuff done or decide that it doesn't need to be done or decide that you're only going to do it on weekends or whatever the thing is. We all have those pet peeves and that's part of it. That's part of how we grow in holiness inside of family life is that back and forth, that giving and taking, that you know, living in community demands of us. And it's so, so hard sometimes. Um, you know, it's, it's easy for me to look at people um, who, like, maybe were never married and think, oh, what an easy, quiet life that is. All their stuff is their own stuff. And they have their own space. And nobody ever demands of them. But, you know, you take for granted all the blessings of family life and all the blessings that come from living in community and the relationships that you have with your spouse, with your children, with your family, and all the ways that that fills you up. We take for granted those parts and only focus on the negative, the part that costs us (laughs) living in community. Um, So, you know, switch your thinking around. Think what what a joy and what a blessing to live in a place where um, I'm, I'm surrounded with people that I love and love me. And I'm the only one who ever changes the toilet paper roll. I can deal, you know, (laughs) it's okay. It's not a big deal. And some of these are actually ridiculous when it comes down to it. You know, these things that we get ourselves so worked up about are, you know, in the end, they are ridiculous. It's all just stuff. It's all just, um, you know, the the things of everyday life, the stuff that must be done. Um, but, you know, if you're living with some kind of resentment about that, if you're bringing something, some negativity into your relationship with your spouse because of it, uh, do more than your share and be okay with doing more than your share because we all have our own, as I said, skewed perspective. So um, make it, it it's, it's going to feel like you're doing more than your share. Make it your goal to do more than your share with re- the regard to that. Practice that generosity of spirit. And that is something that you can start right now. You can start right now, even just switching your own attitude or changing your own heart about a particular thing that particularly gets on your nerves that you think is so unfair. Switch your thinking about it. Give yourself that challenge today. Okay, so those are my four simple, not easy ways to improve your marriage starting right now. Pay more compliments, do something active together, soak up the sacraments, and finally do more than your share. There's ton more, tons more, and I want you to share with me your ideas for ways to improve your marriage that are simple, that you can get started on right now. So often it is just that One small attitude change, that change in our hearts, the thing that's getting in our way, removing that obstacle between loving between you and loving your spouse in the way that God intends you to. So send me your ideas. You can email me danielle at daniellebean.com. Send me a Voxer. There's always a link to connect with me on Voxer in the show notes at daniellebean.com. Or you can leave a voicemail at daniellebean.com or just record a voice memo on your phone and email it to me. I would love to hear from you. Hey, do you like what we do here? Do you appreciate having access to girlfriends every week? Is it helpful or encouraging to you in your everyday life? Well, if so, there's a convenient way you can say thank you for the Girlfriends podcast and encourage me to continue to record it. Patreon is a simple system that allows you to pledge your support for the podcast, show your appreciation and encourage its production every week. 
at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash girlfriends. You can make a pledge in any amount. Even just a dollar per episode makes a real difference and is a simple way to show your support for girlfriends. I want to thank our newest supporter, Tracy. And if you'd like to show your support too, you can go to patreon.com forward slash girlfriends for all the information. I also want to take a moment to thank Ascension for partnering with me to bring you this podcast every week. You can check out all of the Ascension podcasts and other Catholic media that will entertain and inspire you at ascensionpress.com. Click on channels for all that great content. This week, I want to share a message I received via email from Victoria, who says, Hi, Danielle. I'm writing from Australia. Wow. And I love your podcast and reading your books. We do have some listeners in Australia. We've got a group there. Um, We have just enrolled two of my homeschooled children in a martial arts class to give them some self-defense skills. There have been a few reports of men loitering near playgrounds, shopping centers in our local area. So educating them about stranger danger has become quite topical for us. I don't want them to go to black belt level, but I do want them to know how to defend themselves if they've ever found themselves at risk. However, I'm concerned about whether this could endanger their spiritual lives. I know some martial arts emphasize Eastern spirituality quite strongly, and I've tried to pick Taekwondo, which seems to just focus on the physical aspects, especially at junior levels. Have you or any of your listeners had to deal with this issue or deciding whether to enroll children in martial arts? I'd love to hear people's thoughts. God bless, Victoria. Thank you for that note, Victoria. Um, My first thought was like, oh, come on. No way. This is not an issue. Um, But I don't want to say that because I'm not an expert in these things. Um, I do have a friend who I'm going to invite to respond to this, who um, is a Catholic psychiatrist. I believe she's a psychiatrist. She's in psychology. Okay. She's... (laughs) She's a therapist. Um, I'm going to invite her to uh, offer some comments because I know her husband happens to run a Taekwondo school and they're a great Catholic family. And I'm sure she has some um, perspective to offer here. But um, my own thought is you should check out the classes yourself and see what's being taught there. Is it just um, kicks and punches and stuff like that? Or is there some level of spirituality that makes you uncomfortable? Um, You know, the same goes for yoga. Uh, I know some people think no good Catholic can ever participate in yoga. Um, I don't happen to believe that's true. Um, and But I totally respect that some people do. Um, but, you know, I think it comes down to your own discernment in some of these cases where our are you in spiritual danger? Well, are you the kind of person that might easily be sucked into that? And children are especially vulnerable. So I think you're very wise to go into that um, with your eyes wide open and make sure there aren't any uh, particular threats there to their their spiritual lives. But um, in the end, it it is a a personal decision, um, whether you're talking about participating in something that has some connection to some level of spirituality that's contrary to our Catholic faith. Um, Uh, how much of a connection is there in the part that you're participating in and um, decide whether or not that's going to be a good fit for you. So uh, Victoria, I hope to have my my friend's comments for you next week. In the meantime, I do want to invite other people's comments. Do your kids participate in martial arts? Has this been an issue for you in one way or another? In what ways has martial arts been beneficial to you and your family? we just did like a couple of homeschooled kind of uh, martial arts courses for our family years and years ago. It never was something that any of our kids got involved with at any 
uh, higher level. So I don't have a whole lot of experience. I do know it's been a great experience for a lot of kids, a lot of um, families that I know really truly enjoy their participation in martial arts. So I'm sure we're going to hear from some people, Victoria. And thank you for your question. And thank you for listening all the way down under. Before I go, I just have one last item I wanted to talk about, which is a new upcoming podcast that I'm working on with Lisa Hendy. So we are putting together a podcast for Catholic Mom, which as um, many of you know, is my my new work. Um, I started as brand manager with CatholicMom.com, and I'm excited to be in this new work. And as part of this new work, we're developing a podcast, and it's going to be me with Lisa Hendy, who's founder of Catholic Mom. And we're going to record a 30-minute podcast every week, either the two of us talking about a topic related to, you know, pick any of the topics we've talked about here at Girlfriends. It's all fair game. Um, Or any of the topics that get discussed at CatholicMom.com or interviewing uh, somebody, either a contributor at CatholicMom.com or um, an author or a speaker or just an everyday mom who has something to share. Uh, So, you know, it's going to be very similar in themes to the Girlfriends podcast, but it's going to be a little more interactive. I'm really looking forward to working on a show with a host um, that's along with me. I find that kind of conversation fun and energizing. And so I'm really looking forward to this project. I'm super excited about it. We don't have a launch date yet because we're still working out some of the details for putting it together. And Lisa is, uh, she's leaving for Kenya pretty soon. (laughs) So got to work around Lisa Hendy's incredibly crazy travel schedule. Um, So anyway, all of this to tell you, in the coming weeks, there's going to be a podcast coming from me and Lisa Hendy um, at Catholic Mom. And we need your help to name it because we don't have a name for the show yet. So I've given you a little description of what the content will be like. And we are actually right now running a contest online. Um, If you go to my Facebook page or Lisa's um, or Twitter, you can see or you can just send me your idea and I'll enter it into the the consideration of all the different titles that suggestions that we've received so far. Um, You can win a prize like a book bundle package from from Lisa, which includes I know the Catholic Mom Prayer companion book, which is so popular, A Prayer for Every Day of the Year, um, uh, written by dozens and dozens of authors. I forget the exact number, but it's a great number of women who contributed to this volume of prayer, which is amazing. And I had Lisa and Sarah on to talk about it um, a, a little over a year ago when it released. So anyway, you can get your copy of that book, plus some other goodies that are related to Catholic Mom um, if your title for the show is chosen. So what are your great ideas? What are your creative ideas? I don't think it has to be super cutesy, but I do want it to reflect the, the spirit of Catholic women coming together and and sharing about the important things that matter. So give us your ideas. We want your brainstorm. Many brains make for good ideas. Anyway, give me your thoughts on that. And I look forward to sharing more details with you about the Catholic Mom podcast as soon as we're ready to go. And that's all we have time for today. I want to thank you for being here. I want to thank you for being a part of the Girlfriends Podcast. The community that we have here is so meaningful and valuable to me. You know, I'm considering putting together a Facebook group where we can interact with one another outside of the podcast, maybe share about some of the topics. Um, If that's something you think you are interested in doing, let me know. Give me some feedback before I invest time and energy in doing it. I just thought it might be a way that 
that we can interact with one another in, you know, every day throughout the week um, or, or hear from other people or connect with others who are listening to the Girlfriends podcast because a podcast is unique in that I really do believe it builds a community. I think um, as as a group of listeners, and I include myself in that, um, we are a community of prayer and we, we do care about each other. And so many of you share so vulnerably about what's on your hearts or reach out to support one another. And I think there's more that we can do there. There's more ways that we can connect and share. And a Facebook group might be a way that we could effectively do that. Anyway, I'm thinking about doing that. Let me know what you think about that idea. If you would participate, if you are maxed out on Facebook groups and wouldn't have the time for it. Give me your feedback plus plus or, or minus what you think is, is a good idea. Or if you have some other idea for a way for us to interact and connect when, um, you know, outside of the, the weekly podcast, I think that would be terrific. I'd love your feedback on that. Anyway, in the meantime, I want to thank you just for being here. Your presence here is so encouraging to me. I am so motivated to do this podcast every week because I know you'll be listening. So thank you for that. Thank you for being here. And until next time, enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a DanielleBean.com production. Know your worth, find your joy. Oh, 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 oh,